It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. The biggest breaking news stories, an outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Well, a very good morning. It is Wednesday, the 6th of September. I'm Peter Cardwell, in for Julia Hartley Brewer here on Talk Breakfast. You're very welcome to the programme. Coming up, one million people on sickness benefits could be forced to start looking for jobs, including thousands with mobility and anxiety problems. Maybe you're one of them. The government is looking to slash billions from our huge welfare budget, 26 billion. Now, so many people can work from home. Is it time to get disabled people who can work? back into work. Let me know your thoughts on that. Meanwhile, the Education Secretary Gillian Keegan tells school chiefs to get off their backsides and return a survey on dodgy concrete with fears more than a thousand schools could be affected by the scandal. And as Rishi Sunak battles his wind problem, we'll get to that. Finally, finally, we have an apology from Britain's worst ever Chancellor, Kwasi Kwarteng, who has said sorry for his disastrous mini-budget that crashed the economy. It's a year today since Liz Truss became Prime Minister. We have the author of the definitive book on her cracker's time in Downing Street in the studio all morning. We'll be hearing from him. 
It is exactly 6.34. It's, uh, and this is Talk Breakfast. Peter Cardwell in for Julie Hardy Brewer. Uh, we'll take as many calls as we can this morning, as we always do in any programme I present. 0344 499 1000 is the number to call. 0344 499 1000. Sophia is waiting to take your call. You can text me on 87222. With your message, be sure to put the word talk in it. Uh, you can also tweet me at Talk TV or follow me at Peter Cardwell. Well, there's loads to talk about this morning, and thank you so much for your company. James Heal is with me. He is the political correspondent at The Spectator. Hello, James. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Peter. Thank you for that very kind introduction. That's all right. A year today, hard to believe. I know, the trustiversary. <laughs> the trustiversary. So soon. I, iceberg dead ahead, someone will say. <laughs> Honestly, well, you know, you said the, the authoritative book, first, last, and only, it seems. <laughs> so uh, I've got a monopoly on that, right? Indeed. It was funny because when you were writing the book, Out of the Blue, it's called, and it's a very, very good book. I've read every word of it. Um, it is it. I mean, you thought you were going to be writing a very different book and then yeah. suddenly events took over, didn't they? I mean, it's actually really quite interesting. I think it's good for the reader because often these books kind of tend to pull their punches. You know, someone yes. enters Downing Street and they go, on the one hand this, on the one hand that, as they stand, da, 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 we will see. Uh, we didn't get that. <laughs> we thought we'd get two years of sales. We got two months, and uh, <laughs> if that. And so it came out on the day she left Downing Street. And um, yeah, it was just really sort of summarising. What was amazing was talking to the same people who were so confident and bullish about you know, her and August, September, and by October, we're completely disowning it. And uh, a remarkable interview last night, Piers Morgan really put Quasi Quarteng on the spot. I want to play a clip of that, actually, just to uh, have a look at what uh, Piers Morgan was saying to Quasi Quarteng. He really, uh, he really pushed him, asked him 20 times to say sorry for the uh, disastrous mini-budget that crashed the economy. Let's just have a quick look at what Piers Morgan said to uh, Quasi Quarteng last night, their exchange here on Talk TV. What I want to say is that I think the strategy was right. I'm sorry for the implementation. Are you that, sorry for the damage caused to the British I'm people? I'm sorry for the implementation, and it was it was too far. Too and fast. for the damage caused to the British people. I don't know why you look. There were lots because of, they lots suffered of, financial you know, lots loss. Lots of people were. Lots of people were. But no, but I, you were the chancellor. Okay, I was the chancellor of the Exchequer. Are you sorry, sorry for, for the, the financial damage it caused to the British I'm people? I'm sorry for the uh, damage and uh, the loss. And, uh, and it was a scary time, and I'm sorry for that. Quasi. We got there. OK. And so, I've, so I've the, not tried to drag that out of you. No, no. I, look, I've not tried to humiliate we've you. We've had a good conversation. Yes. And, and I think about, you've come to it. I've thought about what you were saying. Yes. And I've, I thought, actually, you know, we've got to put your hand up. I've accepted responsibility a long time ago. And you've said, well, why don't you get the, do the mm. step forward, uh, take a step further, and apologise? And I've said, you know, that's fair enough. And Success as many fa- many fathers, seal, uh, failure is an orphan. Um, it seems that Quasi Quarteng eventually, after 20 questions mm. from quite literally a game of 20 questions from Piers Morgan, managed to get extract an apology out of him. No real apology from Liz Truss, though. No, and that is actually one of the interesting things to look at the past, few, uh, past year or so in their various interviews and uh, appearances. You know, Quasi Quarteng has struck a much more mournful, regretful note, I think. Perhaps rightly as someone who's an economic historian who knows how history is going to judge him. I think he's... Badly. Badly, yes. uh, If at all. Sort of, I think, 36 days in office, 38 days maybe. Uh, You know, one of the shortest serving chancellors in British political history. I think the others died, so that was their way out. Um, And I think that's interesting compared to Liz Truss, who I think uh, who's always been someone like a shark, just keeps moving forward. Mm. And uh, her her major piece, her major essay on this in the Sunday Telegraph in February was a much more... uh, 
unapologetic note, which uh, I think played badly with a lot of Tory MPs. A lo- a two big debates in the Conservative Party at the moment. Of course, you had a reshuffle this week and mm-hmm. lots of people, Angela Rayner becoming Deputy Prime Minister, Shadow Leveling Up Secretary, lots of political things to talk about. But two stories really dominating today. Um, the back-to-work drive shelved until 2025, says the Daily Telegraph. The reforms make it harder to claim sickness benefit and will not take effect until after the election. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting, we've had uh, some reaction already to this. Jason and Bournemouth has texted me at 7222, uh, put the word talk in your text. Good morning, jobless plus job centre half the time they're, they are part of the problem, not part of the solution, says Jason. And uh, Angus says, how do you put people back on benefits back to work by pushing with the wrong end of a bayonet? I mean, there is a, a, a sense here that there are a lot of people, a lot of charities are worried about this as well. We've had Scope come out, we've had the Multiple Sclerosis Society come out, say there are people who've gone through rigorous assessment to say, are you or are you not disabled? But at the same time, there'll be people saying, well, hold on, we now have a much more work from home culture. Mm. If there's some work that people can do, even if it's only a few hours a day, surely that is better than sitting at home doing nothing. You're quite. And there's two real issues about this thing, and you've later on your question there. One of which is, of course, around the timing and the fact that this is delayed, but also about the merits of the scheme. Now, I think one of the headline figures is worth examining is that since 2011, incapacity benefits has increased by 62% in this country. Um, over the past you know, years or so, we've now got to a point where two and a half million are out of work on long-term sickness benefit. Um, is that all due to, and a lot, big, a lot of that came after COVID, a huge acceleration yeah. after COVID. How much of that is due to things like around long COVID? How much of that is, you know, frankly, legitimate? And how much is it due with sort of the politics of Labour, as you say? And I think that the challenge for all governing parties, and you know, right now it's the Conservatives, but Labour have been quite interesting on this, we can come to them in a moment, um, is how on earth do you get the benefits bill down? It was a huge amount of effort on the part of the coalition government in Duncan Smith's reforms of, sort of 2010, 2015 or so. Um, but would they have the same political capital to do so now? Clearly mm. not, which is why they delayed it till after the next election. Um, but it is going to be a debate. And I think that you know Mel Stride in his Telegraph piece today does um, cite figures showing that half a million of those out of work have been expressed a desire to do some kind mm. of job or work. Um, and partly for the benefits and self-respect that that gives you. But also there is a concern among policymakers that, frankly, this is a welfare bill that's only going up and up and up. Unlike things like new hospitals, new schools, it's difficult to get a kind of return on that investment, if you will. So how on earth are we going to have an issue where we've got more and more people on long-term sick? And frankly, I don't see the Conservatives being able to do much this side of an election, as shown by that delay. And it'll be interesting, therefore, to see what the new DWP spokesman for Labour, Liz Kendall, is going to do about it. Yes, it will. And she obviously has form in this. I think she was a special advisor in the Department of Work and Pensions uh, at one stage previously. It's interesting, actually, with the the bill for the, the Department of Work and Pensions, because the one thing that they'll never really properly talk about, I think, is the pensions bill and the fact that the triple lock, which many pensioners say, well, I paid my stamps my entire time, you know, I, I worked, why shouldn't I get a good pension and why shouldn't there be this triple lock, this idea that it goes up by, let me get this right, you'll know this, 2.5% CPI, rate of inflation, yeah. I think, uh, or um, how earnings go up as well, is that yes, right? So yeah. three, three of those. So, I mean, that's a lot higher than a lot of people have seen their incomes go up, although, of course, uh, wages are rising. So it's interesting that this is a huge pressure, £26 billion a year, and the government really is really in a position where it needs to save money. But as you say, shelved until 2025, the likelihood is, is it just is not going to happen. Yeah, and the problem is is that you know we all know the tax burdens are sort of 75 post-war year high, um, so tax is very high. 
spending is not going to come down anytime soon because there's demands from every sector and we can see things like crumbling NHS, crumbling schools, crumbling infrastructure. So where on earth do you find the money? Yeah. I was talking to one um, member of Keir Starmer's team yesterday and they were saying that it's not about spending more money. We're spending a lot of money already. It's about spending that money better. But of course, that means you then look at things like welfare reform, things like pensions, etc. How do we get more money? Uh, you know, more inve- more return on our investment. And that was the whole challenge of what the Conservatives, what they came in in 2010 promising to do. And now that whole reform agenda's kind of been ple- uh, kind of been shelved. So it's trying to get the sensible savings that you can and, and perform efficiency savings. With the DWP, it's obviously a huge amount of money to tackle. The question is, what levers can you pull uh, unless it's sort of sanctions? And do you have the political capital to kind of push that through? Labour's always been a little bit jumpy about this. You remember, still a lot of opposition to what Ian Duncan Smith was doing with the yes. universal credit. Um, and there are concerns in the Conservative ranks. There'll be looking today at things like scope coming out and being a bit wary about it what i would say is that it's not just of course about you know incapacity benefits it's also around i was at a lunch at the lobby lunch with mel stride when he said that you know we could cut income tax by the basic income tax by 10 percent to 2p tax cut if we managed to get the over 50s back to work all those who want to job over 50 back into work and so all these things they do add up together the question is as i say is that with only with a year left in power, is the government actually going to do anything? And so far, they've announced a consultation, and I think that for me shows that they're trying to keep kids to the long grass and potentially but, make but it. But look as if they're doing something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, listen, thank you very much, James. We're going to come back to you. James Heal is the political correspondent of the Spectator. Loads to talk about um, the uh, uh, this morning. Lots of big stories around. What your views as well? Was Quasi Quartang right to apologise, or do you miss Liz Truss? I'd be interested to take that call. Uh, let me know, 0344 499 1000. You can text me at 7222. That is what Simon uh, from Essex has done. Hi, Peter. I heard you say the standard media rubbish straight off the bat. Liz Trust did not crash the economy. I mean, that's not the standard media stuff. That's just the fact. Anyway, Simon continues. If you listen to the uh, JK interview with Nadine, she says that the government did not lose money. In fact, they made a few million. Why does this story never get the legs it deserves? I believe there was a... Uh, I believe there was a... Don't know what that is, coup maybe? The puppet masters didn't like actual growth. They wanted to destroy this country and they're doing a good job. Watch the interview. You're not a sheep, are you? Uh, G- uh, James Heal, are you a sheep? Uh, I'm not going to go back to that. Um, <laughs> I, I think that the problem, I think that, look, there's. I think there's some legitimacy in some of uh, Liz Truss's complaints about people going up, particularly in Parliament and the political establishment. But I do think that also she failed to appreciate kind of basic market reaction. They lost sight of that. And big, big mistakes were made about that. And I think someone like Kwasi Kwarteng can hold their hands up. And I think perhaps some of other members of the government would uh, privately admit that they made mistakes from that time as well. OK, James, thank you. We're going to return to uh, you in a minute and have a bit of a, more of a look through the papers. The big stories making the news today here on Talk Breakfast. Stay with us. The biggest breaking news stories. An outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio.